Hi, I'm Jason Pritchard, and welcome to the evtollinsights.com podcast, a show featuring brilliant guests from companies in the aviation and urban air mobility markets. Throughout each episode, we'll be finding out about their exciting projects, which will help revolutionise the way we travel in future and get their insight into the current state of the industry. In this episode, I'm joined by Bruno Mombrini, founder and CEO of MetroHop. The company says its all-electric and whisper-quiet ES-TOL aircraft offers environmentally conscious shipping solutions in record time. Bruno is no stranger to electric flight and aviation innovation. During his studies at MIT, he spent most of his time in the Aero Astro Department and helped build the Chrysalis, the second human-powered airplane in history to fly. As a board member of the CAFE Foundation, a non-profit that has a 35-year history of promoting energy-efficient aviation, he was event manager for the NASA Green Flight Challenge, sponsored by Google in 2011. The $1.65 million prize is the largest in aviation history. Bruno, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, great. It's great to be here. So I mentioned in the intro that you are uh, no stranger to electric aircraft. Was there anything in particular that fascinated you about aviation and what led you to pursue a career in this industry? Well, actually, my career was in medical products, in, uh, in surgical products. Uh, but the, the whole thing with aviation really started with uh, the Chrysalis project back at MIT. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to, to work with some of uh, the, the greatest engineers and develop uh, something that was just unbelievable. The idea of being able to fly under your own power was just uh, something I just couldn't pass up. So I got involved with the project and I got to fly the airplane. So, uh, and so did like over 300 people. That was, uh, that was our big claim to fame. We weren't the first, but we certainly got a lot of people to, to be able to fly under their own power. And there, you know, there's nothing quite as exciting as being able to do that. Oh, the, the effort is so tough that at the end you can't even whoop up a woohoo. You're <laughs> so exhausted. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that was really the, you know, uh, it's just a fascinating field uh, with aviation and the engineering that goes into it. And uh, uh, yeah, I've always wanted to be part of it. And so I got a chance to do that with that and then later with the CAFE Foundation. And and again, the, the Green Flight Challenge was really a, a seminal moment in aviation for electric airplanes. And it was uh, just a, an incredible, fantastic week uh for the competition and the event and uh you know made a lot of great friends there and uh always wanted to do something else with some of these guys and uh, that's what MetroHop is really all about um we uh you know the 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 whole start of MetroHop was from that event and then uh doing uh something a little less exciting, doing an economic study to see if uh, this whole idea of flying airplanes in, in cities and urban areas made any sense at all. And that's kind of how that got started. You mentioned a little bit about the background behind starting the company, but for those who aren't necessarily familiar with MetroHop and the kind of impact you want to have on the market, could you tell us a bit more about, about that, please? What the study told us was that it was all about how many uh, fares, you know, either people or packages, you could you could transport at one time, and then speed. And then so, you know, when it comes to 
transporting passengers, you're, you're really looking at only being able to do autonomous to be safe and to be economical. And when you're doing packages, you're looking at, you know, in, in the case of Metrop, we, we can do two pallets, which is about 300 parcels. So it's really a no brainer to think to start with the package delivery because we can do a piloted airplane we can do an airplane that's got a, a clear path to uh, certification. Uh, you have to remember that uh, developing an aircraft is expensive, but certifying an aircraft is 10 times that. Mm -hmm. And so if you can start off with something that is already an airplane, already a known quantity, that was really the goal is to be able to do something with, with an airplane. And there's an inherent advantages to airplanes in other ways too. But in any case, um, the question became, how do you do it in an urban area? And it, you know, it, it has to be short takeoff and landing. You've, you really only have so much space to work with. And that's where you know, developing the, the active landing gear came into being. And you know, it was this idea that if we could take off inland in a short, you know, it's in this case, 60 meters, or 200 feet, that would be, that would be something. And, and uh, so that's where the focus, you know, where I put my focus was on developing this landing gear. And I think the, the active landing gear is the magic behind the aircraft because the aircraft is a standard conventional aircraft. There's really nothing very exciting about the aircraft or its propulsion system, but it's the landing gear that allows us to first take off in a very short space and we do that. Um, we do that by driving the wheels. The propellers really are not very good at accelerating uh, an airplane, and so it's much more effective to use the wheels to uh, to drive the airplane to takeoff speed. And then on landing, we really have two problems. Uh, not only do we have to hit the landing, and I mean we have to to land in a short distance, but we have to hit the landing marks. And uh, you know you don't want to land short or or long because at the speed we're flying, even during the landing, we cover half the runway in a second. So it's very very important to be able to land precisely. Mm. Anyway, and we can't do like on an aircraft carrier where we we slam into the deck. We you know we have to be able to do gentle, soft landings. And so that's where the active landing gear, which is you know imagine it as uh, retractable landing gear with some smarts. And it's, it's able to, we can measure the exact distance to the ground and then the, the active landing gear reaches, extends to meet the ground. And so we don't have to, we, we can't really control the altitude of the airplane as it's coming in perfectly because of turbulence, especially in bad weather. Mm -hmm. So the active landing gear takes care of that, that discrepancy and either, uh, covers a, a longer distance or a shorter distance depending on where the plane is at the exact time when it's over the landing marks. What issues do you think that the aircraft can also solve given how much focus is now on reducing traffic on the road and carbon emissions in major cities not just in the US but also across the world too? Right so that's the other advantage of being able to use a conventional airplane is because for for takeoff and landing we really need very little power. Um, and we can use conventional batteries. Existing battery technology is, is more than adequate uh, for, for our missions. And 
so by being an all-electric airplane, it's you know it's it's a great thing uh, from uh, an aerodynamics point of view, but it's also a great thing from an environmental point of view. Uh, we can a squadron of the 25 uh, aircrafts of uh, Metrop aircraft can eliminate 250 uh, box trucks that are on the roads, and wow. these are some of the the least efficient, the most polluting uh, vehicles, uh, fleets of vehicles that are on the roads right now. Mm. And uh, so, uh, you know, we think that's a great thing that uh, we can do something uh, about that and with an all electric airplane. Could you tell us then a bit more about how the service will work? We're able to do something that really doesn't exist right now. The, the, uh, you know, we're looking at uh, goods come in from, um, distribution warehouses which are out in the outlying areas outside of a, of a major metropolitan area mm. and right now it takes hours to get that in because of the distance because of, of traffic congestion and the and the amount of handling uh, a, a truck really can't do a, a point-to-point direct route it has to do a it has to do a circuitous route dropping off uh, items as it goes along yeah with the metro hop we can do two pallets at a time and so we have a much, um, a much more focused and ability to go from, from the the distribution warehouse to a close-in airport or to a metro dock. And I'll talk a little more about metro docks later. But the idea is that we fly in directly, very close to the last mile delivery point. And so from there, the last mile is actually closer to being a last mile. And so we can deliver items in an hour without really a problem. The our average flight is about 15 minutes. And so that gives enough time for the work at either end to get the package there within an hour. And that really changes uh, people's ability to, to get things. And we can do it affordably. I mean, the, the idea of, uh, of we can do a one hour um, hop delivery in for $59. And so that really opens up a lot of possibilities uh, for getting pretty much any item you need when you need it. And so from a user's point of view, that's the advantage. From the logistics company point of view, we've eliminated sorting centers, delivery centers, all the interim steps that it takes to get a package from the fulfillment center or the distribution center to the last mile delivery van. And so from a logistics point of view, that's huge. Uh, being able to eliminate all these steps. Are you able to tell us a bit more about the Metrodox and the technology behind them? Sure. So the the Metrodox is a 99 meter by 99 meters footprint. It's a two-level airport, basically, airstrip. And we can land in any direction. So we, we land always, we always land into the wind and take off into the wind. The upper deck is the uh, operations deck, the flight deck, where no one is allowed up there. And basically it's, it's, it's uh, a safe place for the, the, the planes to, to land and take off from. And then below on the B deck is where all the work happens, where the planes are loaded, where the batteries are swapped. So when the planes land, we can turn off the propellers and then the, the, uh, the aircraft can drive its way through, drive itself down the ramp to the deck below. And there we use uh, 
battery swapping to change the batteries. And one of the big advantages is using battery swapping over fast charging. It's actually that fast charging is actually very slow in comparison. We can swap batteries in 20 seconds. And one advantage of using battery swapping is that we don't have to charge during peak um, power demands. We can charge at night, we can charge when uh, renewable sources of energy like wind and solar are, are available or in excess. And so it gives us a little more flexibility about what power we can use. We're not relying on on-demand uh, on high power, uh, which makes it easier on the grid also. Uh, in any case, a more sustainable way of, of charging the, the batteries. Um, and then the other thing we do is we use robotic swapping for the bins. So uh, like I said before, speed is really an important factor in, in being successful in a metropolitan area with these aircraft. And so by being able to robotic swap the bins, we can do turnaround times of four minutes. Now, when we land at a conventional airport, we, can also, we also have the bin swapping there, but it takes seven minutes there for a turnaround time. Well, it turns out that that saving that three minutes gives us the opportunity to do one to two million dollars worth of business more a day. Wow. Um, so that's that's significant, and that's the the attraction of of using a metro dock is because it really improves our efficiency. And metro docks, you know, as big as they may seem, it's you know, it's uh, like I said, ninety nine meters by ninety nine meters, two levels. That's really just a six to nine million dollar structure. Um, so, given that we can do one to two million dollars a day more in work, it's it really becomes economically very justified. Are there any cities in particular which you want to target first for this service? Yeah, so we're really targeting the San Francisco Bay Area to start off with. Uh, it's really uh, the easiest place as far as the climate, the geography. Mm -hmm. And also a lot of the technologies that are being developed here for uh, these types of airplanes for this, you know, for uh, advanced air mobility is really tied into the technologies that are being developed here in the Bay Area. So it's really an ideal location as far as um, the conditions and the industries and the, the, uh, the people that are already working on a lot of the things that will be incorporated into this aircraft. Which leads me on to my next question again, really, about the case study that you kindly shared with us as well, about healthcare in the San Francisco Bay Area. Are you able to just talk a bit more about that? There's some really fascinating findings in that that would be really good to, to talk about if possible. It's one, it's, it's one industry where getting things quickly um, and uh, you know, using expedited delivery is really, uh, is really a necessity. Uh, hospitals are, you know, the big hospitals especially are in, uh, busy urban areas. Space is really limited. Uh, they don't have room to to build closets to put things in. They they have got better things to do with that space. Hmm. And uh, and also they have an incredible number of different items and supplies that they need. Uh, a typical hospital will will have uh, you know forty to fifty thousand SKUs. That's as much as a a, a large supermarket. Oh, wow. And so they really don't have the room to keep, you know, one of everything uh, on hand. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing is they don't really know way ahead of time what they're going to need. The, you know, the nature of healthcare makes it kind of hard to, 
to anticipate what exactly is going to be needed when. And so they really have this reliance on uh, expedited delivery. And hours make a difference. Uh, and so the idea of being able to have items, any item, uh, available within an hour it would be, is huge to, to the medical and uh, the healthcare industry in general. And so we thought that's you know, a really good place to start. Um, and also these are our big businesses. Um, uh, the, you know, one, in the United States, one in $5 is spent on, on healthcare. Um, and a third of that goes just to hospitals. Uh, another 10% is just for prescription pharmaceuticals. Logistics in general has gone to consolidating uh, you know, we're seeing more and more of the huge warehouses and, you know, efficiencies and logistics are, are really an important thing now. And so this, this idea of with the Metro docks and the airplane is all meant to be integrated with this system. These large warehouses can process up to a thousand items a minute. And so with the Metro dock, with the robotic bin swapping, we're able to match that. We're able to handle a thousand items uh, a minute. And so that's another very important aspect of the of the the MetroHop system is that you know we're looking at the whole logistics scene and trying to integrate as much as possible with the the actual needs that are now and that are going to be in the future. Um, so uh, and the healthcare industry is a is a great place we think is a great place to start. What are your plans then for the rest of the year? Well, what's it what's it looking like? Well, we'd like to get started with uh, building our first uh, prototype. We are, or the plan is to build a, a full-size machine and to, uh, to, to test it. Um, the uh, Eastall behaviors of aircraft is well-known for some smaller planes, and it's also well-known for some much bigger planes. But in the area that we're working in the size and weight that we're working, there's really very little data. And so one of the things we want to do is be able to get some real test points to be able to optimize the aerodynamics, the structures, the, all the details that go into making a, an airplane. Bruno, thanks ever so much for your time talking to us. It's been fascinating learning everything about MetroHop. Wishing you all the very best for the future and we'd love to have you back on for a future podcast where we can hear more about all the work that you're doing. Okay, great. Anytime. Great talking to you, Jason. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to be featured in one of our podcasts, or there's something you feel we should be talking about, then please send an email to editorial at avtollinsights.com. We'll be back soon with another episode, so look out for it on whichever podcast platform you use. Goodbye.